0: Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 28 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I am your host Rick Verbonis, and as always, I am joined by my partner, my co-host, Mr. Bob Lucius. Bob, hi there,
1: dude. I'm I can barely get any words out today because I'm just so super depressed that uh, we're here to discuss the final episode of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I feel like, I feel like my best friend's gone.
0: I know it's bittersweet. It's one of those things, uh, you know, I I was so looking forward to episode six of Falcon and Winter Soldier, the finale, because, you know, we just want to see the, the storylines get tied up. We want to see what happens with these characters that we've become more emotionally attached to. But at the same time, I was like, "But it's gonna be the last one," and here we are. And uh, but you know, we uh, we're here to talk about it. We're here for all you people that uh, are also feeling the same pain that we are. Um, consider this your your therapy. We're gonna talk you through and uh and and get you uh through this um and then joining us uh for this this episode uh is mr john waller sewell uh who was uh he also joined us on the uh, episode 22 where we reacted to um falcon winter soldier number three so we brought him back for number six hi john hey rick hey bob it's great to be here guys i appreciate you bringing me back well you know what the- You know, money speaks. So thanks for that huge, uh, huge donation. Um, And and being the only one who responded. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we we tried to have pretty much, uh, we went down the list. uh, And so, John, we appreciate you being available.
2: Well, you know, next to last is better than last. (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's true it's kind of like you know where did i where did i leave my uh sunglasses oh you know it's always the last place i look i guess no that doesn't 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 (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh,
2: bob being the good good co-host there, laughing at your bed
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one right oh that's right (laughs) why do you think bob's still on the show (laughs) (laughs) okay um all right we got a lot to get into here so one uh one world one people is the name of this episode and uh, you know what I, I don't know maybe we should just break this down i first of all if you're listening if you haven't watched episode six of falcon winter soldier spoiler alert we're going to get into that we're also going to get probably touch on some things that have happened in the series so just throwing that out there but um I and also stick around for the predictions because I'm just itching to talk about what I think is going to happen following this series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but we'll get to those, so I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything. But let's we'll say those for the end. But as far as uh, let's talk about this episode. I, I think it, I want to talk about it in two ways. I want to talk about the main story which was like that one battle that seemed to last 30 some minutes. And then I want to talk about all the epilogues afterwards. And I'm referring to them as epilogues because it seemed like each character got touched on. It didn't like advance the story. It was kind of like an epilogue with this character, an epilogue with this character. So let's talk about those after, but let's get into that first 30 minute battle because that, was something else we were all excited to see what was in the case from wakanda at the end of episode five now look it's the internet right we we kind of know what it's going to look like Um, especially if uh, you're an idiot like me and you look at the action figures they're they're putting out you know because they have to do these way in advance right so that the timing comes out so if you saw the falcon action figure of him and his Captain America arc you knew what he was going to look like. But if you're not an idiot like me, when you first see that costume in the beginning of this episode, when he when he shows up and he uh and he comes through the glass, right, with the shield, what did you think of Sam as Captain America?
2: Look, man, I I've I read the comics arc when Sam became Cap a few years ago, you know, I, I saw some of the teaser images you're talking about. I don't care. He showed up crashing through that window, popped up right at,
0: I got chills. I got Man. chills. I was so there for it. And then, and then the guy said, who are you? And he says, I'm Captain America. That's right. He owned it. He did. He, got, he said exactly what we've been waiting for this whole time. That's right. That's right. And when one of the other people
2: later on in the I know we're we'll skipped, but just real quick, the, the guy sees him and he's like the Black Falcon. They do that callback. <laughs> and Thank the guy know. next to him is like, no, 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 that's Captain America. Chills again. Loved it.
0: Absolutely. Yes, sir.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just love the uh, I mean, let's face it, that that uh, that that uniform was very. A comic accurate you know mm-hmm. i mean they they got all the details down you don't see that happen a lot um you know there's always some tweaks or something but they i think they paid a lot of attention to trying to to make that uh, very very true to expectations so
0: yeah uh, i thought I they did a great job 100 percent. yeah very much uh reminiscent of what was in the comics so um and i know there were some people who i read were like well you know the, the uniform was a little I don't know. They didn't. They didn't care for it. But I think, I think most of us, especially us comic book fans, really loved it because it was. It was very accurate. Now, just like anything else in the MCU, is it going to stay that uniform? Probably not. Right. I mean. Uh, captain america wore different uniform it seems like every time he was on the screen there was always a variation so we'll probably see a variation of this so for the limited amount of time that we got to see him in in captain America form the fact that it's it's starting at least starting out as the comic version big thumbs up
1: yeah yeah I, I i gotta tell you rick you know uh again i know i'm gonna get beaten up about this the fact that i admit to being member of other Facebook groups. But, you know, I, I'm, in a, I'm in other Facebook groups, man, and they're talking about how they're so excited about uh, their kids dressing up as uh, Falcon Captain America, Sam Wilson Captain America this Halloween.
0: So, oh, yeah. I know? didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. That, that really probably, yeah. probably both, won't be. Both, a-
1: both Sam Wilson is Captain America and, you know, Isaiah Bradley, uh, Captain oh. America. So, uh, you know, there's lots of folks that are looking forward to that this year.
0: Yeah, it's funny you should say that, though. I I didn't even think about Halloween. But if it's anything like uh, my kids, um, you know, they get excited about something in the month of March and April. But by that time October comes around, they've already had four other costume ideas. So uh, (laughs) we'll see. Well, that's
1: how it is in my family. But I start planning around now. (laughs) So for my for my kid and because he can't make up his mind. And so, by gosh, I'm going to decide for him.
0: Yeah. And, and what do you dress up? Where are you going to be dressed up as, Bob? No,
1: see, I don't get to do that. So I have to live vicariously through, uh, through my 11-year-old uh, kid. And so uh, it's just one of the ways that he has to, you know, go along with what I say.
0: Ah, well, John could probably teach you a few things about cosplay.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah? I,
2: I have been known to dress up on occasion, yeah. <laughs> I, I even won a costume contest at my work once for Darth Maul. It took me about two hours to get ready, but I yeah. remember
0: that picture. That was that was something else, man. That was really cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to the opening scene. Um, yeah. A couple of things, right? So they're at the GRC meeting. and uh, yeah, so my prediction, or hope, I should say. I really wasn't thinking it was going to come true about uh, Artem Zola. Didn't come
2: true. Oh, well. But,
0: um, yeah, a couple cool things were, uh, I I don't know about you guys, I got a little thrill when uh, Bucky starts walking through the barricade and they're like, Sergeant Barnes. I thought (laughs) that was so cool. I was like, yes! He has respect! Like, you know, he's got some respect. Um, And then, of course, we see uh, Sharon show up and unexpectedly um so i guess that was the backup that sam said was coming
1: and she walked through the barricades too
0: yeah yeah well she had a mask on she had one of those oh. little shield face hider thingers oh, right, you're right. Yeah. yeah um so then uh you know the the carly reveals the plan uh sam very very smartly uh understands what they're trying to do they're trying to move them out so he's trying to get everybody to stop doing that they're all split up um carly uh gets on the phone with sam and uh man i don't know about you guys i was a little insulted for sam when carly says you know i'm trying to fight for something bigger uh, than myself have you ever tried to fight for something bigger than yourself it's like carly please really who are you talking to here yeah, but we're talking about a series.
2: All right, let's 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 get into one of the flaws. Um, this is a series that has repeatedly kind of downplayed Sam. I mean, I know they, he got elevated to the Captain America position and all that other stuff. I'm thinking, I think it was Bob actually that was even talking about like uh, the episode where they went to Matterport, where it just seemed like Sam was getting lost in
0: the shuffle. And
2: well, so well, I'm
0: gonna stop you here though, John. It wasn't it wasn't it was Bucky who was on the phone with Carly, not Sam.
2: Oh, you're right. And, I, I and so
0: he got played. That's true. You're right. I apologize. He, yeah, knows. he got played. And so it uh, maybe or maybe I misspoke, maybe I said Sam by accident. I don't know. Sorry, I, I, I apologize. Um, but no, she got on the phone with Bucky. My my bad. Um and uh and I and I thought it was great where Bucky responded and says you know, that's, that's all I ever do. And I felt twice. And, and I, I was thinking, Oh yeah. You know? So um, I thought it was a little insulting to Bucky, but anyway, uh, what now I know you're a big uh, Batrock fan, John, right? That's, that's one of your guys. Uh, yes. What did you think of that? Uh, that initial fight uh, between uh, Sam as captain America versus Batrock? It, it
2: was one of several things in this episode that very clearly distinguished batrock in the mcu from batrock in the comics because uh, we got this at the very tail end of last episode batrock telling carly i just want to kill falcon that's that's what i'm in here for very unlike batrock in the comics not after his main goal is not killing, he's not revenge or vengeance. He's a mercenary; it's business, and he's got that flair, I guess, if you want to call it in the comics, that just seemed to be missing in the MCU overall. I appreciate the occasional, you know, color co- code on his on his uniform being an acknowledgement, but it's it's just not the same. Um, so it was a little bit of a disappointment but not nearly as much as the disappointment as when we skip ahead just a little bit. And I know we're trying to take this chronologically, but when he, when he meets up with the power broker there and he starts trying to extort her Mm -hmm. for more money, you're talking about, Batroc's uh, a man of honor in the comics. Um, It's, it's it's his own moral code. You know, he'll use it to justify all kinds of things, but once he's agreed to something, he's going to keep his word. So jacking her up for four times the money just to keep his mouth shut, I was like, oh, man, you deserve every bit of the, uh, the tail whooping you're about to get. And he got it.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, it, it was a there are certainly differences between the, the comic ver- book version and um, the MCU version of Batroc. Uh, he is a little bit he's a mercenary, but he's is he, you're right. He was after revenge. Um and he's I a little don't... underpowered. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, and and there
2: there's no leaping. There's no flipping. There's none of that in, in the MCU. There's just, you know, he's Jean Claude Van Damme.
0: yeah. yeah. But, but he it... was he was using his legs more. I mean, he was doing uh you know the, the savat the, the kicking. Savat yeah. kicking. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I, I would have liked a good leap. Gotcha. But,
1: you know, I, well, I don't <laughs> want to be negative negative. I, I agree with everything that you said John and but when I think of like I think of Sam I mean I, I love Sam don't get me wrong but you know when I think in the, in, in the cinematic universe Sam's sort of background and, and I wonder you know he's not a super soldier right and, and Botra is supposed to be like the pinnacle of his his uh, expertise mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, to mixed martial arts and I, like I don't know how Sam like stands toe to toe with him
0: well he had the shield he has he a had, shield. He, he had he the uniform
1: fit. but he still was getting kicked around quite a bit and i wonder what's in that uniform maybe they have that, that uniform and that's something i hope i hope they explore at some point or we learn more about i don't i don't know the composition of that uniform
0: and well let's talk about that right yes. so we know that it's for Wakanda, right right um so not only did they make him a, a new uniform with uh, new wings um, but they also gave him red wing a new red wing uh, which, you know, is really cool to have. I mean, like it, Red Wing saved the day in a lot of cases, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you know, when he when he went rescued uh, that helicopter, the police helicopter that was going down, and the, and the two, you know, Sam rescued one, Red Wings rescued the other. I mean, that was a cool scene, you know. I mean, that was really cool. Um, but you know, I don't know if it was made in Wakanda, and and it's this really cool battle suit. Um, does anybody like think like was was Shuri like was she uh, one the one you he know, just visioned like she was the one who was making it right, and uh maybe maybe yeah. we'll see her in the future. Uh, and and she's like, you know, what'd you think of the suit I made you, you know, or yeah. or something like that.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm wondering is that like vibranium laced fiber or something like that that is uh, allowing him to take a beating like that and uh, and keep going. But yeah, I definitely think I, I I I definitely hope that we 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 see that Shuri was involved in that at some point.
0: That'd be cool. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So then uh, then we've got uh, Walker. John Walker shows up, you know, during uh, during the, the time where they're driving away and he's Morgenthau. And, uh, and then you see him. Uh, God, he's got such a distinctive walk, you know, when he when he's walking up uh, as as he's trying to still be Captain America. Right. He made the shield. He got the uniform um, and uh, he, he basically takes on Carly um and man you knew she had it coming when he's when she said uh you know listen sorry i I didn't mean to kill uh kill lamar you know he he didn't matter (laughs) it was like oh you just asked for it now (laughs) and uh and his reaction to that what would you guys think of that scene
1: yeah again you know I was wondering where did Carly get training because she was going toe to toe with uh, with John and you know John's uh, John's had yeah you know, obviously pre super super soldier serum right he's 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 had lots and lots of hand to hand training combat training and man those folks were were going toe to toe with him and I was kind of surprised by that
0: yeah. I, 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 I was a little too. I think um,
1: obviously for drama purposes, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I think they kind of try to do it. Like, you know, she was running away from him, going into the scaffolding. Um, You know, he had the best of her for the most part, but then, you know, she was able to kind of get high, higher ground on the scaffolding and swing down and kick him, And then, and then she ran away. So I, I don't think she like kicked his butt. I, I think she just, she got one lucky kick into the head and then tried to escape. So, uh, you know, should he not have been, you know, uh, had that happen? Sure, with his training, but, you know, you're right. You know, you have to advance the story somehow.
2: True. And he did have that inferior shield that he had tried to cobble together. And that thing got dented up and banged up pretty quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So then... Um, uh, we have bucky Bucky saves the uh the politicians that are in in the um the burning truck and um of course you know they they all get out and um and they thank him and it, it I don't know about you guys but for for a moment there it, it looked like he was kind of shocked to be thanked you know like he's not used to that and and it kind of it was kind of like oh you know it's this is what it's like to be on this side, you know, uh, and it was, it was a nice a, a little, little, very small reaction. I, that I picked up on. I, I enjoyed.
2: I agree wholeheartedly. I think Sebastian Stan has been an incredible actor portraying this role. Um, I've liked the other stuff I've seen him in and t- as well, but uh with him, it's, it's all about the nuances.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I picked up on that too, Rick. I mean, I think he was like, "Wow, he's not used to he, he's not used to being visible as a hero, right?" Yeah, mm-hmm. all his work even as as the Winter Soldier, but also, you know, since leaving that behind, has always been sort of still in the shadows. Uh, so I don't think that uh, you know he's used to that, and that was a little bit of a nice, a nice, pleasant shock for him. But yeah, that was a cool, cool uh, moment.
0: So uh, then we cut back to Sam, who is uh, chasing after the chopper and uh it's a great scene i mean it's a great scene uh, all that aerial um you know battle going on uh you know you you i don't know about you as a huge captain america fan um i'm thinking to myself well wow sam can really just take this to a whole nother level i mean it's you know it's it's amazing what 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 uh, he can do especially um you know with the shield now uh so then uh, sam gets hit by the chopper and um while they're over by a construction site and then these look like these concrete tubes you know start to fall and he goes into the water and then they start to fall on top you know where he was uh very reminiscent of the scene in uh, iron man 3 i thought where when iron man uh and his whole av you know his mansion on the side of the cliff starts to fall on top of him and he goes down into the water. Um, so it, it feel, felt reminiscent, reminiscent to that. And then of course, you know, he comes out, you know, bursting out sort of like Iron Man did. Um, so I thought that was really, really cool. And and I loved his line. I loved his line when he said, um, he says, he says, uh, boy, you just earned this ass whooping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, i he he was right there on it I love the whole thing with red bird him having forethought tell me who's got flight training he's yeah. you know he, he's thinking strategy and whatever but then they they really ticked him off
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that was a cool scene you
1: know and the cool thing is uh you know you, you mentioned this his uh, he's 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 operating like Captain America but in 3d right I mean mm-hmm. it's not limited to uh you know of course cap steve rogers you know he's got he's got super great mobility and he can leap and jump and swing but you know sam wilson captain america he's operating in three dimensions man he takes to the air as well as uh, as the land so uh, it was pretty cool
0: wouldn't that be more like 2d uh
1: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you know air and land I was just, yeah uh, i was thinking
1: 2d i was gonna throw in c but i didn't you know i didn't want to confuse him with uh, the with right. navy steels
0: so
1: okay. <laughs> since yeah. he was uh he, he was a uh, I i think he was an air force para rescue guy
0: yeah yeah uh, pj so yes in the mcu yes yeah um all right so then uh carly decides to sacrifice the um hostages in in the truck she tries to send them uh over the edge um and, and, and by before I get to that, uh, we have Buck, Bucky who had fallen off the edge, um, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise because like when he got pushed and he was going toward the edge and he puts his metallic arm down to, to grab hold. You figure like every other time he's gonna stop and like you know it saves himself, but no, he fell he falls off the edge. Um, and uh, he's down there and he's battling one of the uh, other flag smashers. Um, and then Carly sends the truck and then Walker makes a choice, right? He makes a choice. Um, it can be, uh, he can save the truck, um, or he can, uh, go after Carly. Um, and he, uh, he, he makes a choice where he says, okay, I got to do the right thing. I'm not going to go for the revenge. I'm going to try to save the truck. And, um, some people think, okay, wow, he's redeemed himself. He, you know, you know, he's, he's, he's done something heroic, so therefore he's now a hero. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. I would say he made a good choice, and I would say he's on the path to redemption, but he still has, I mean, that doesn't make up for, for any wrong. Um, so, uh, but I, I was pleased to see him do that, and I'm glad that that happened. What did you guys think? um yeah I'll, I'll jump in on this i actually was talking
2: with uh one of our mutual friends and somebody that's recently joined the captain america comic book fans group bethany um about this and man she uh, well i'll just tell you one of her first reactions unsubtle pandering maudlin bs propping up the neoliberal military industrial complex <laughs> she just went off on this rant um but more importantly, more to the point, she she sent me the. What did tech- you really mean, Bethany? Right. <laughs> um, she she really got into this thing about did John Walker really earn a redemption arc? And I it got me thinking that again the delineation between the MCU and the comic books, you know the the story arc that John Walker goes through took years of publishing and in terms of the reality I mean we're talking about months if not years in and of itself in the 616 to get him from being this on the fringe shouldn't have been caps replacement kind of guy to really kind of coming into his own and it felt as far as just the MCU if you don't have the benefit of the comics it felt rushed It felt really, really rushed to me. And so then you have someone who's not quite as versed in the comics lore and is really just relying on the MCU. And they're like, wait a minute, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think that's got some merit. I I think what you're talking about, that he hasn't earned the redemption yet, um, is great. But it felt like that's what was being spoon fed to us. Oh, especially when you get to the whole walking off with Bucky and making little quips and everything like that. Oh, it's all fine and dandy now. Right. No, it's not. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a little bit of a problem with that and I, I know others out there really did too.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I guess maybe I'm not reading it that deep. Uh, I agree with everything you said about uh, the, you know, sort of the dichotomy between the, the comic book uh, and the telling of his story and how long that has taken to unfold and in the Marine Corps, uh, the Marine Corps, Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I also think, you know, John's a complex character. Uh, he's he's not all bad, but he's not all good. And this is a guy that's that served as a soldier who's done some terrible things, I'm sure, but he's also done a lot of heroic things. So we can expect that uh, to see that mix of heroism and, you know, the vulgarity of, of a guy that has been sort of trained and conditioned to focus on uh, mission first, regardless, you know, uh, sometimes the, 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 the ends justify the means and that's that's his world. Uh, and he made that point, you know, in front of the uh, the commission to the Senator that, you know, they created him this way as this sort of gross mix between, heroic character and uh, sort of dastardly villainous character where anything goes to, to achieve the ends. And so I think we saw that there. Plus, I, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Bucky, he's, he's had that, that background too, sort of, you know, where he's, throughout the first four, four episodes, five episodes, I think four episodes, he was very much open to, you know, uh, taking folks off the, off the field uh, by any means necessary. And uh, and Sam kind of had to talk him back from that. So I think there's a little bit of uh, similarity there, um, and maybe maybe Bucky will, in some way, uh, in in the cinematic universe at least, be the guy that helps bring him along in that redemption arc. Who knows?
0: Yeah, well, that's interesting, Bob. Um, could be. I mean, you know, if we do skip ahead to that one scene that that John mentioned, um, where they uh, they use the app to. Um, trick the other sm- flag smashers to to come, and and there's uh, John and uh, Bucky there. And I, I'll back up just a little bit because there was a point part right where uh, Batroc you know, he, he sends the the smokes uh, screen down there, and um, you know they all kind of split up. And there's a there's a part there where Walker uh, goes, and it, it did seem a little to me a little fast. It's like, oh, all of a sudden Walker who who recently tried to kill them. Okay, let's not let's not re- forget that. He recently did try in that in that beginning of episode 5 where he uh he did try to 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 kill them. And uh, you know, uh and then all of a sudden they're they're kind of buddy buddy. Um seemed seemed a little forced, but I'll give a nod to the writers here where I think they they address that slightly um, because they split up. Walker goes one direction and Sam kind of looks and, and looks concerned. And Buck says to him, uh, I got it. And he chases after Walker. So I, I took that as, look, you know, I, especially from Sam, look, I'm not really, you know, thrilled with this and with him being here. Uh, and I'm worried. And and Buck was like, "I got it. I'll I'll chase him down." Um, so I I think they kind of approached it there. But I agree with you, John, that it did feel rushed. Now I and let me just go back to that scene where they have the app, right? And they show up, and then there's John, and he says, and he quotes Lincoln. He says, "Uh, you know, many. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, mercy bears richer fruit than rich justice." Or something to that effect, right? And um, and then and Bucky Bucky says, "It's a great app." I thought that was funny. Um, and then they do they they walk off, and he says, "Lincoln, really?" And John says, "It's a great quote," and he and he puts his hand on Bucky's shoulder, as if we're buddies. And Bucky's like, "Well, not when you say it." Um, so yeah. it it did feel a little forced at the point. Now let's compare this to the comic books, John, right? You, you mentioned that it, it, you know, it was a long journey in the comics, Um, but I'm going to compare and contrast why perhaps maybe it's okay that John Walker's redemption is a shorter path um, for a couple of reasons. Let's look at the John Walker of the comics. Okay. Now, John Walker of the comics, and I'm going to read an interview uh, quote here from Mark Runewald, the creator of John Walker. And in, back in 1988, uh, he was uh, interviewed in, in Amazing Heroes, and he said, Walker comes from the point of view, my country, right or wrong? To Steve Rogers, America is a land where you have the opportunity to live up to your potential, to acquire all the things you want out of life, provided you don't step on other people's American dreams to do it. Walker is different. He believes the American dream is to make a mint and then retire. And that's why he got into it. So the Walker from the comics, if you remember, was, was, the, was the super patriot. right? He, and he was into it for the money and the glory. Right. I mean, yeah, he, he did care about his country, but not in the same way or, or thought process that Steve did. So there's that. Now, you compare him to the John Walker of the MCU. Bob, to your point, you know here he is this. Um, uh, um, what's the award he got? Um, the Medal he of got, Honor. He got he three got of three them. Of, three yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he's a completely different character. You know, he you, you he was a soldier, and he worked for his country. He wasn't trying to make a buck like the John Walker of the comics. Bird. So, so they're they have different intents. Let's just say, right? Now, we go back to the comic book version of John Walker. He, well, let me, let me, no, let me do this first. John Walker of the MCU. What did he do wrong? Well, he killed a defenseless flag smasher. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he tried to kill Sam and Bucky.
2: Yeah. Okay. And And he almost would have killed one of the other people in the earlier episodes if Lamar had not intervened.
0: Okay. Now. Those are bad things. I'm not saying they're not. Yeah. Okay. But you compare them to what John Walker of the comics did. What did he do? Well, when his mom and dad were killed, he snapped and killed a bunch of watchdogs. Right. Watchdogs for you. If you're listening, you don't know. That was the name of a group of uh, militant uh, people who um, soldier wannabes, you know, ex-soldiers, things like that. And they, they were trying to do their own thing. So he snapped and killed a bunch of them. Then uh, he went and went after right-wing and left-wing, who he blamed, um, which are, are two characters. Um, uh, they refer to as right-wing and left-wing. Um, they were two characters that revealed John's parents' names. So he blamed them for the death. So I would, I would, I would argue that John Walker's of the comics, his intent was worse. Than, than the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he did worse things to try to come back on a redemption arc, as opposed to this John Walker, who, um, you know, as a soldier, Medal of Honor winner, he snapped when he got the the um, the the super serum in his blood. Could that have something to do, do with it? We don't know. So could could yeah, his I call a timeout? Okay, because. You're talking about snapping when you got the super
2: soldier serum, but let's not forget in the Falcon and the winter soldier episodes, and and Rick, you're one of the people that really helps me tune into this stuff about music changes and sound cues and whatever repeatedly. I mean, from the very introduction of this character in episode two, I think it was um, where they're really giving us a a heads up on what John Walker is about. You hear this, this sharp, dissonant almost ringing sound Mm -hmm. that will show up and john's registering this expression on his face where he's just like cringing or flinching he's trying to hold something back Mm -hmm. he's already psychologically questionable at the very least i mean from the word go and you've got a, a a real serious problem with him and his ego too do you know who i am and all that stuff like that you know, mm-hmm. it, it's already there just like lamar says super soldier serum just makes you more of who you are and so it made him more psycho than he already was and so then
1: so hold on i gotta i gotta a flag on the field john flag on the field i <laughs> think I think we gotta be careful with the word psycho, right? Because okay. as, as as Rick mentions, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with a substantially different character here in the cinematic universe. And we're talking about a, a professional warrior, a professional soldier who has seen and done a lot. And, you know, and I don't wanna go down the road of, you know, because I've, I've seen this in other groups and I've seen other people bring this up the, the whole, the theory of PTSD and, and, and how that could be amplified. Uh, oh, yeah. But that is different than just being uh, um, you know, a, um, uh, somebody who has no sense of right or wrong, or somebody that is inherently flawed in some way. He, he is is psychologically broken, psychologically damaged. And that could have been exacerbated by, of course, the, the, the super soldiers here, because it tends to magnify personality traits. And so, you know, that may be, you know, that ring in the ear, I mean, that is a telltale symptom. Of, of of PTSD, for instance, and so uh, it's interesting that they use that uh, in, uh, in 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 the way that they did, and I think you know that might be something that you know that Bucky and, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Bucky and John kind of share in common, uh, and maybe that will will bear fruit in the future. Who knows? Very yeah. very,
2: very astute points, and I do want I apologize I, I used a term that I should not have used i will back up though and say going from whatever the the roots are in his psychological issues going from the straight up murder of one of the flag smashers to being court well, not court martial but removed from from his active duty and his blustering over that and having the fit and being committed to he wants revenge against Carly Morgenthau so much to all of a sudden just he shows up and he makes that good judgment call is what you're talking about, Rick. Yeah, it is a good judgment call, but isn't that a little bit of a leap to go from being that unstable, if that's a fair enough assessment, to, okay, no, I've got it. I'm going to make the right call, and this is great. I just feel like, in terms of what we've been given in this show, where he was, it's a really big leap, and it causes me to wonder, because one of the things I've heard and read and whatever is that apparently Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a series got, like, pulled because it was supposed to come out before WandaVision, I believe. It was supposed to be the first. And because of the pandemic in 2020 and some things they had in there, that it went through the butcher mill. Like it got chopped up, re-edited, re-put together and everything. And that there may be like several, not just minutes, but maybe even possibly more hours of plot and story that got just And I'm wondering if that's part of it.
1: Yeah. Well, let me just I just want to just two final thoughts. Right. One is we would we would expect people who are are sort of suffering from this psychological issue uh, to to vacillate between making very good decisions and and very compromised decisions. So that's not surprising. But the other thing is, I, I would say is and I think this is sort of sort of in the background to uh, sort of the overall writing of, of Sam Wilson's character, because we do see that the writers are trying to, to drive home some, some, uh, some messaging here in, in this yes. series, right? With regard to Sam Wilson and how he's treated and his role in American society, and Isaiah Brad- Bradley and that, that sort of segment of the show. But they're also, I think, making some very powerful messages about, um, about the military and about how soldiers are treated, and what what's expected of them, but then how they are treated by, by the government and, and in some sense by society or viewed in that way. And I think that was not done quite as thoroughly uh, or quite as carefully as as perhaps that first, um, you know, the Sam Wilson arc.
2: Okay.
1: For obvious reasons, you know, Sam's, Sam's the main character, so.
2: Sure.
1: But you're right, there may be hours or minutes at least of additional footage and, and story that, might have explored that more fully, and and resolved it better.
0: Well, Bob, you know, I'm glad you brought up uh, PTSD, Um, you know, as someone who was, um, you know, in the military for 25 plus years, um, you know, I I know you you probably have um, some personal experience with people that you have uh, served with. Um, And so I respect um, you bringing this up. And uh, I I think it's a it's a great topic. Um, And I think, that um, it is possible that John Walker uh, is suffering from that. Um, he certainly exhibits some um, some ticks, if you will, um, right, that some people uh, could um, see as a psychological um, you know, issue. Um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, now, that said, John, I, I still agree with you. It did seem a little rushed. Um, and I, I, I had that same feeling when I was watching this. Um, now let's get to, uh, the, the next scene where Sharon, Sharon is revealed as the power broker there. I said it. I said it, everybody. It's done.
1: It's done. The die has been
0: cast. There's no going back. Um, and you know, I know we talked about this early on and it was like, I wonder if Sharon's the power broker. And then like, like fanboys do we start to dig deeper start to come up with other things well maybe maybe zemo's playing both sides or and john you you threw out arnim zola which the more i thought about the more i loved uh i hell i even thought uh, maybe maybe it's maybe crossbones is still alive you know maybe 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 he's a magic because in the comics he has some uh ties there uh but it, it's sharon now We'll get to the epilogue, the po- mid credit scenes, at, at, when we get to the epilogues. I don't want to talk about that right now. I don't want to talk about the fact that Sharon's been reeled as Power Broker. Now, ba- Batroc, uh, he blackmails Sharon. Um, Attempts. And... <laughs> Attempts. Blackmail. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, uh, Sharon... Uh, didn't take kindly to that uh she shoots him uh carly shoots her uh and then sam shows up now sam um doesn't know uh the secret of sharon the only people who knew the secret are uh carly uh who ends up dying and Batrock, which i don't think he's dead does anybody think he's dead just because he got shot no, she walked
1: out of there with a, with a gunshot wound to the abdomen. So, like, right, why not Batrock? Yeah. Why not Batrock? Or why not uh, she?
2: The only question I would throw out to that effect, though, is she's been revealed as the power broker. She's wanting to keep that under, you know, under wraps, and she's trained. She knows how to shoot to kill. There's no reason for her not
0: to. Unless she was getting shot at the time she was pulling the trigger true
1: or unless the reason she survived the gunshot wound to the abdomen had less to do with her shooting skill and batrock shooting skill than some
0: other reason um we'll get there we'll get there we will i know we will and and don't you beat me to that prediction (laughs) all right so john yeah um of all people i thought you would be the first to be like no batrock's still alive but you're like, eh, he's John.
1: Because he, exactly,
0: <laughs> he's, he's not
1: the same bat
0: track.
1: Imposter, imposter.
2: The the bat track of the MCU is the words that are coming to mind are not suitable for this podcast.
0: We'll he, <laughs> just leave it at he's he's a jerk. <laughs>
2: you
0: what know? you're telling it, me we is, we might as
1: well have used machete. Uh,
0: what there you're telling oh, right? me. <laughs> What you're telling me, John, is you, you think the MCU truck should take a flying leap. <laughs> yes, I'm just ashamed that I didn't get there first. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> they might as well tumbler. used the Tumblr. I know. Right. <laughs>
0: All right. So so then Sam's fighting Carly and he won't fight back. I love this. Love this. He's trying to get through to her. What a I almost said, almost said, what a Steve thing to do. But quite frankly, I'm just going to say what a Captain America thing to do that he 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 wants to get through to her. He doesn't want to fight her. He's trying to get through. Um, And, uh, you know, um, I don't know. I I, I really enjoyed that about him. It it just, again, um, cemented that he's the right man uh, for for this mantle.
2: Yes. And taking a great risk in doing that because he's going up against somebody that is a super soldier, at least has the serum pumping through her veins. She's got him outmatched in terms of strength, speed, all these things, and he's constantly just trying to deflect her blows, keep himself safe, and try to talk her down, which is, as you say, a very Captain America thing, but also, I think, very consistent in MCU, a very Sam Wilson thing to do, Mm -hmm. because that when we first meet him, um, you know, well, I guess second meet him after we've done the whole thing in Winter Soldier, Where on your left. When he's actually introduced and what he does, he's meeting with people, dealing with PTSD, soldiers that have a hard time coming back and just reacclimating to society. Um, he, he's constantly that presence that is trying to bring people down, calm them down, bring them back down to the ground, which is funny because he's talking, Um, but just, that's very, I I absolutely loved it. And I do think that with what happens immediately next, it has to, even though he wasn't there for everything that came immediately before it has to put some questions in Sam's head about Sharon.
0: Yeah. And you're right. uh, um, He definitely was outmatched. Um, he was trying to, to deflect um, and he was using his shield. I did think it was really cool. Um, just, you know, little details like the fight scene where he he used his wings to dig into the ground. Yes. Right? Like uh, to, to give himself support as he was using his shield because she was pounding on it. That was cool, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought that was a, a neat uh, little trick. Yeah.
1: There's no doubt that, like, the guys who did the the fight choreography, particularly for Sam, uh, had to incorporate both the shield and the wings. I mean, they did a magnificent job, I think, you know, just bringing it all together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I saw uh, an image, uh, on one of the Facebook groups, uh, that, um, there was an image of all the stunt people and, uh, like, I mean, you know, Hey, hats off. I mean, applause to all the stunt people. Um, they did fantastic work um, because the fight scenes in throughout this entire series were just uh, amazing. The choreography, the, uh, uh, and the special effects too. I mean, like, I mean, this was God, I mean, guys, you remember what we had as kids, right? I mean, can you, you know, imagine growing up the last 10 years and, and seeing this or even for that matter, the last 20 years, you know, you can go back to, you know the uh, the Sam Raini Spider Man and the, um, oh, the yeah. X Men and um, but man yeah this it was just a overall just a well well done one well done series. So Sherry, uh, I'm sorry, Carly uh, is she she dies in Sam's arms and then he picks her up and uh, he walks her out. Then he flies down in this really cool. Symbolic that was scene, yeah. you know, almost like an angel, you know, coming down with very potatoes. Yeah, 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 that was that was a neat, neat, neat visual. Uh, of course, I'm thinking in the back of my head, she's dead. Sharon's got a bullet wound <laughs> in her gut.
1: I thought that he's it, the one yeah. you carry down. Okay, <laughs> right, yeah, 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 but that was a good scene.
0: Yeah. Well, then yeah. followed by an amazing scene with the speech. Right. I mean, how can you not have, you know, Captain America, uh, you know, who, you know, especially if you you grew up reading Mark Grunewald's run, you oh, know, yeah. uh, or even uh, DeMatteis. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, just reading uh, the, the speeches that Steve used to give um, and him talking to the senators you know, in front of the press. So everybody's getting this. And, uh, you know, he says, we finally have a common struggle now. And, and, and how did it feel to be helpless? If you can remember that and face foes that can erase half the planet, you would know you're about to have the same impact. And then he says, you know, <laughs> and, and the senator says to him, well, you, you just don't get it. You, you don't understand he says, I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? And, um, and then he goes on to, to talk. Um, and and I, I will give some credit because they, they did bring up the point that it is complicated. Yeah. They, they did raise the question, which, you, you know, you don't have an answer for. What do you do? You know, somebody comes back after being blipped out for five years and they come back in their family home is now inhabited by somebody else. That's a that's a difficult question to answer. And there are no right answers. But what he said is, um, yeah, but who's in the room with you when you're making these decisions? You know, is it the people you're, you're going to impact or is it just more people like you? And and to me, the best part of, of it was when he said, every time I pick this thing up, he's referring, referring to the shield. I know there are are millions out there that are going to hate me for it. Even now, here, I hear it. The stares, the judgment. And there's nothing I can do to change their minds. Yet, I'm still here. No super serum, no blonde hair, blue eyes. The only power I have is that I believe we can do better. Now, that was strong. I, 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 you know what hats off, Sam, you are captain America.
2: That's right. That's absolutely. While you were talking about recounting some of the things he said, I I was sitting here thinking, remembering watching that and, and listening to what he had to say and just that feeling of cap <laughs> You know, it, it wasn't even way to go Sam or Falcon or any, way to go Cap. And and that really sealed it, I think, in the story and for so many others. Because, I mean, on a, on a metal level, he wasn't just Captain America talking to the America of the MCU. That was Anthony Mackey talking to our world because there was that whole was hashtag not my cap thing Mm -hmm. that was going around for a while. And yeah, he, he had a lot of eyes on him in that outfit, carrying that shield, bearing that name on multiple levels. It's black Falcon.
0: Right. That's captain America. Exactly.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm just going to minor quibble. A little contrary and quibble. I, I love the speech, but I do think it was just a bit too long. And it went on a long time. I don't know. Uh, I didn't I didn't time it, but I I remember I looked at my son as it was uh, as it was going on, and I could tell he was starting to glaze over a bit uh, because it did. It just felt like it was a bit too. I, I mean, I hate to say I'm going to be the the odd man out on this, but it did seem a bit contrived like rick, okay. rick, rick left rick just walked out
0: <laughs>
1: give him away bob he just, he just <laughs> left what the hell rick rick walked out
0: that was so poignant wow bob, you know? bob. i gotta tell you that has me uh really really given a lot of thought
2: <laughs> now, you know what I, i've actually heard that as well that it was too long and it's it it very much ties in with what you were saying a little while ago, Bob, about this is definitely something that has been written for messaging. Um, And that did feel uh, rather pronouncedly hit home. Now, it hit me right in my home. So I I was enjoying the feels of it all. Um, But I guess springboarding off of that, I want to ask the question, to you guys specifically and to the captain america comic book fan group um what's more important to you in your stories uh of captain america and just in general is it more important that some kind of message or lesson or truth be conveyed or is it just that they have to have characters that are consistent and as realistic as
0: superheroes can be why can't we have both? I mean, you know, as a long time captain America fan, as someone who's been, been reading it, uh, you know, every month for the last 40 years, um, I could tell you that I'm okay with a long winded speech from captain America. <laughs> it, it, it comes with the territory. It comes with the uniform. And so I'm okay with, uh, with a message. Now, do we want the characters? Do we want a cool fight? Yes. Do we want good villains? Absolutely. Do we want to have uh, great action scenes? Of course. Um, but ultimately what appeals to me about this character is that he, he stands for more than just, uh, the, we're going to solve things with our fists. Right. And when we talk to, uh, uh, J.M. Damateus, the, the, the longtime writer of Captain America. Uh, we talked with him um, back in episode 13. I highly suggest you all check that out. Um, you know, that was something that uh, he talked about. You know, it's like, it, it can't, every story can't be just, we're going to solve things with our fists. And so, how do we get there? Well, we get there by talking. So, we just got done praising Sam and saying it was such a Sam thing for him to go ahead and try to not fight Carly and try to talk her down yet when it comes to talking with the senators it's it's different no I mean no. these are people oh, who no, can no, make no. a decision no. like he said he's he said like these are people that can make a phone call and can do this with an email they can do this and so he's he's telling telling it and, and bringing in real world right I mean yeah. this is this is the world we live in now I I get it i get it that sometimes we don't want the real world thrown in our face while we're trying to have some entertainment and we're trying to sit back and just enjoy a superhero show
1: is that what you think i was saying
0: yes bob no i'm not saying that's what you're <laughs> saying but I, I hear some i hear some other people out there saying too yeah so i i'm just saying no i don't have a problem with with uh, it being a long-winded captain america speech and i don't have a problem with, uh, with the message, because um, I think they deserve to be there.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great message. And I, I think the messaging is important. I just felt like the speech was a li- little bit long, and it could have been written more tightly and more elegantly. Because it seemed like, you know, we, we love the cap speeches in the comics, but we don't, they don't go on for eight pages, right? I mean, they generally are, are sort of confined to, you know, three, four, five panels. And so uh, I just felt like it sort of went on for a while and that of course with a with a with a time driven uh show that means other things aren't included
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna say here i would guess that if we were to take the time of that speech versus the rest of the show it would be the equivalent of a one page in a 22 page comic
1: i would uh i would guess
0: not what what i hear from bob is he basically was bucky he was basically sorry i was texting and all i heard was black guy and stars and stripes
1: (laughs) Uh, is
0: that that what happened bob is that no? but well here's
1: the thing here's the thing i think you know these shows are calibrated uh in in certain way to appeal to many many audiences and this is what i was trying to hit on earlier guys like you and me and john and lots of folks out there that have grown up on cap you know, we love the speechifying and that appeals to us and it hits us in the heart, right? But this, these shows also appeal to uh, folks in their 30s, folks in their 20s, folks in their teens, folks that are younger than their teens, right? Folks like, kids like my son. And uh, a more tightly, elegantly, you know, uh, driven message uh, in a speech is, is, is likely to, to sort of resonate with sort of young attention you know, uh, k- kids who don't maybe don't have the attention span to hang with a, with a minute and a half or two minute speech. And I and I think it could have been more elegantly driven home for a wider audience. That's all I'm saying. I, That's all I'm going to say I, about that.
2: I, I, think, I think you're right on in a lot of ways, Bob. I mean, let, let's go back to the moment where he's coming down holding Carly's body in that very, whether you call it angel, pieto, whatever, very religious this is not just a speech. This is a sermon. All right. And Ooh, so what I Bob's it. talking about here is I believe it's called hermeneutics. It's yeah. the actual like breakdown of how you present the sermon because you want to make sure that your message is getting across. And the moment people start realizing they're being preached to, like Bob was talking about, I start glazing over and people start going, huh, whatever, and checking out. And that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm seeing from some people. So it's not an objection to the fact that he was preaching a right. sermon.
0: Right. It's
2: just that he could have done a better job of it, or at least the writers that were spoon-feeding right. to him could have done it better.
0: All right. I'll say one last, just one last thing on this. Sure. And, and I, I don't disagree with you guys that there are people out there that are going to have that reaction. My question is, so are these people now in the future not going to watch the MCU because of it? Are they not going to watch if there's any continuing stories because of this? Heck no. They're still going to watch because it was a great story, it was great action, it was great actors, right? They're still going to they're, they're not going to lose anybody over this. I but I think that the message that that some people needed to hear got to hear it. That's all.
1: Yeah. No, no, I, and I, you know, those people don't watch MCU that, that uh, but like, again, I'm talking about the 10 and 11 and 12 year olds. I, I want them to get the message. I don't want them to tune out the message because it just sounds like some adult going on and on about stuff. I want and then them- Bucky's
0: Bucky's reaction, besides the little, the little joke, he did say nice job cap. And that <laughs> was, that was cool. Yeah, it was. All right. All right we got, Uh, We need to get to the epilogues and our predictions. So we'll take a quick break. all right let's get to the epilogues i'm calling epilogues because i don't think they really advanced that main story it's the second half of the show uh maybe 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 a third or something like that um and so we're talking about the epilogues. so um they're transporting the captured um flag smashers uh and they're supposed to take them to the raft and um where zemo is by the way and uh we see that one of the soldiers says to them one world, one people. And so you kind of get in the thought, Hmm, are they going to get away? Uh, and then they blow up. And then we cut to uh, an older guy in a, uh, in a car and it looks like he detonated it. And who is it other than Zemos Butler? And it's funny. I've heard some people. Say, what show were you watching? They, they, they totally didn't remember this was Zemos Butler. And they're like, was that supposed to be an old Steve? Like what? No. I like, huh? Uh, no, no, no. That was Zemo's butler. Osnick. Thank you. Okay. Yes. God bless you. Yeah. My my wife
2: was sitting right beside me and
0: said, "Oh, it's Zemo's. It's Zemo's Alfred." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, all right. So that's the first epilogue. Then we get to, and of course we see we cut to the raft, and there's Zemo, and he hears it on the radio, and he smiles okay um all right next one we see john's favorite uh val contessa and uh there is with john walker and his wife and we were all wrong we all thought she was going to die the wife right that was an early prediction um but she's still here so uh that's somebody who'll get killed later on and uh, (laughs) rich much (laughs) (laughs) um so I, i don't know why they're in the room it appeared to be the same room where john walker was stripped of being captain america i don't know what they're doing in that room um and you see him come out in the new uniform as u.s agent, uh and uh he's very excited now i what i thought was interesting here is she says uh val she says things are about to get weird hmm hmm all right we could talk about what that means she says things are about to get weird and when they do we're not going to need a captain america we're going to need a u.s agent so interesting okay um and then he gets all excited and he's he's like i'm back and he's kind of acting all hypered up and dorky and you know so uh you know we obviously are going to see a lot more john walker so we'll talk about predictions in a little bit uh, thoughts on that scene i mean it was great one thing
2: just to say across the board julia louise dreyfus being cast as the contessa i mean that's just awesome uh, <laughs> oh
0: i'm sorry bob counterpoint
1: uh, you know um uh, well, look you know i i yeah i was not happy about this in the last episode john Okay. But, but, you know, in I, I was watching that scene and I was, I, I enjoyed her, you know, and, and I read an article, I, I don't remember what it was on, but it talked about how uh, the cinematic universe sometimes likes to, to hire uh, folks to play certain characters that have a certain comedic edge. Uh, and, and then I thought, well, gosh, you know, I, 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 I grew up, my second favorite guy is Nick Fury Sr. Right, I mean, I love Nick Fury Sr. And, uh, and as much as I liked Samuel, uh, Samuel Jackson playing uh, Nick Fury, it always bothered me because I love Nick Fury Sr. And I never got to see him other than David Hasselhoff, right? And, and that, right. Just, that, didn't, like, that didn't scratch the itch. But I can see, I, I don't know what, what, uh, what Jackson's future is, or Fury's future in the cinematic universe. I'm sure we'll see him again. But I can see this Val and that Fury sort of playing off each other in certain ways. And and as I thought about that, I thought, "Eh, maybe it wasn't bad casting after all. Maybe that might work.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think they will play off of one another very well. And uh, I I just thought she did a great job of presenting this character because there's a certain, well, the comedic edge, you're right. And of course, Dreyfus is going to bring that. But I really felt like when she was talking to John out there in the after the court proceeding or the Senate proceeding. And then again, at the end of this episode in the epilogue, there's a certain menace that's there with Julia Louise Dreyfuss just presentation of Val. And I'm there for that.
0: I I'm mixed because uh, I think uh, Val Contessa. Um, from the comic, and, and I'm just completely comparing it to the comic book. I'm not sending it on, it, on its own by itself. Um, you know, she's supposed to be like a kick-ass, hand-to-hand combatant. I just don't see Dreyfus, you know, in that role. So that that throws me a little bit. Um, and also, I, and, and for everybody who's listening who isn't familiar with with the comic book version, I know... What I'm hearing and seeing uh, that people are going on to these different wiki pages and they're seeing that uh, Katessa um, has an alias of, 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 you know, uh, Supreme Hydra, Madam Hydra. And so they're all everybody. Everybody keeps jumping to the conclusion that she's she's bad and she's Hydra. And um, it could be. I mean, that's possible. But that was part of the Nick Spencer story where the Cosmic Cube changed some reality, and she, that's where she was bad, as far as I, I'm aware. Everywhere else in the Marvel Universe, and she's been around since the 60s, um, you know, she's been a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, and she's been a high-ranking S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And she, at one point, was the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., and so she is not a bad guy for the most part in the comic universe so just be careful what you read out there don't don't jump to conclusions um anyway
2: she did say say that things were about to get weird though so i mean we could be seeing some cosmic cube shenanigans who knows um that's true but i would also say as far as the being able to you know take it to people in the fight just like you said about the comic version because we don't have a next senior Samuel L. Jackson has been Nick Fury. He's an older guy. I think that is also very true of the Contessa, of Val. And so I'm sure she could have kicked a lot of tail when she was younger. But now she's older and she's, you know, delegating that to people like John Walker. All right. I could
0: could buy into that.
1: Yeah, in all fairness, we don't see Nick Fury uh, doing a lot of hand-to-hand combat these days.
0: That's true. All right. Next uh, epilogue is Bucky. Right. Bucky goes to make amends uh, to, was it Yoshi? Is that his name? I think it was Yuri, wasn't it? Yuri? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so Bucky goes to make amends to him. And, um, you know, he he's revealing the fact that uh, he was the winter soldier and he killed his son. And to try to give Yuri closure because that seemed to have been early on in the series, something that had been haunting him. He just wanted to know why and uh, what happened and so um so now he he can have that closure and um and more than likely bucky lost lost a friend and probably one of his only friends at that time um obviously sam's a new, new friend but um and so he he leaves um but we don't know how long he was there we don't know how long what what was communicated after those initial remarks you know that could have all been behind a closed door it could have been very sudden and he was asked to leave it could have been they had a a longer conversation we don't know so i don't want to make any assumptions that uh, that was rushed which I've, i've i've read somewhere that some people thought that
1: no i thought that was perfect i i love the ambiguity i think you know uh, some of these, these, uh, you know, like Steve, like we don't really know what happened to Steve. That ambiguity uh, allows us to sort of fill in the blanks on our own in mm-hmm. the way that we're comfortable with. And, and it gives us a lot of, of, of things to talk about. And I think it's the same thing. We don't know what the outcome of that conversation was. And and I think that's good. I think that's a good thing. I don't think right. we need to have everything wrapped up in a bow, right?
2: Right. Yeah. Agreed, wholeheartedly. Don't need to have everything wrapped up in a bow and looking pretty. More on that in a few minutes. Um, but before we Whoa, get there, can't wait. Before we get there, um, the ambiguity leading to that very next scene where he's walking right past the restaurant, looking through the window, and again the the subtlety, the nuances on Sebastian Stan's acting performances. I just felt like I could see it on his face that. Maybe I should go in. And he's like looking at the the girl that's in there that he's had been talking to, and they're mm-hmm. smiling at one another. And it's that hesitation. And then he's like, no, he just turns around and walks off. And Great the Southern sadness,
0: girl. the sadness in that, mm-hmm. I mean, just shot through the heart. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it was because he did. He he, you know, he did. He made he made the sacrifice there. Yeah. for someone else and and that's part of uh his redemption arc as well um and then he he a note for his psychiatrist um and he um you know the note says uh, i finished the book uh thanks for all your help doc and it's not to say that he's cured it's not to say he's done on his journey um but it was you know, that portion of what he needed to work on was was a step. And he's finished with that step. So he still has more to go. I, I know some people are reacting saying, oh, so now all of a sudden he's he's healthy and he's cured. And, you know, no, no, he's not saying that. It's just, you know, that that step is finished and, you know, it's time to, to move on. And I thought it was nice bit of closure there. It was.
2: Um, I didn't have any problem with with that. I didn't feel like it was Saying everything's fixed now. Um, the thing that did bother me just a little bit is the fact that was Steve's book. Yeah. That was Steve's mm. book, and Bucky had it, and now he's leaving it with this therapist. I would have been much more satisfied to have him give it to John Walker and be like, All right, your turn. Time to start making some amends, fixing some things or something, or give it to Sam or hold on to it. But to just leave it with that therapist. That felt a little bit out of Bucky's character considering his sentimentality over that book and Steve.
0: I love that, John. I love that idea of him giving it to Walker. I, I think that's paying it forward. Um, I could see why he, I, I see what you're saying about sentimental, sentiment, sentimental, sentimental be, being about it. But, but I, I think it also was closure on his part of like, mm-hmm. look, like, like the shield was the closest thing to family he had. And then the book was something that was, you know, because it was Steve's and it was kind of like him, like saying, okay, I, I have to put that behind me. I have to move on with my life. So I don't have a problem with him giving rid of the book, but I love your idea of paying it forward and giving it to John Walker. Yeah.
1: I do think it, I mean, you, you know, remember that talk he had with, with Sam in the previous episode about, you know, he's got to let, he's got to let Steve go. He's got to basically quit holding on, and I think this was sort of a that manifest, you know, in a sort of a physical sort of memento, and that was uh, I think that was the point that was being made beyond just the the crossed out names was letting go of this, you know, this what he had of Steve.
0: Did anybody else pause to uh, take a look at the book and see what the names were on there? Because uh, I was trying to see if I could recognize any names. I mean, I, I obviously saw Zemo's name, but I I couldn't recognize any of the others. Um, and I am too lazy to 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 look them up on some yeah. sort of Marvel wiki. So uh, I was just curious if anybody else. Did. I did. I
1: paused it as well, trying to, but I couldn't, uh, uh, I, I couldn't recognize any off the top of my head and I didn't take a screenshot. Otherwise, I, I would have wasted a whole day doing that.
0: Yeah. Same. All right, let's get to Isaiah Bradley, right? Let's get to that that uh, scene. So um, he goes there to visit Isaiah Bradley and um, the touching scene, the touching scene where he goes and he sits in, in the back where Isaiah is working on his garden. And, um, you know, because, we're you know, remember, Isaiah was the one who said, look, um, they're not going to let a black guy be Captain America. And any self-respecting, black man wouldn't do it and so here's sam coming to um to talk with him about that and 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 i guess he wants a little bit of closure as well and so um and he and he says to him he says look we built this country we bled for this country and and no one is going to tell me i can't fight for it Uh, not what after what everyone before me went through including you so he's paying his respect and um and then they go to the the Captain America museum and there it is there's a tribute to Isaiah Bradley and uh and he says they'll never forget what you did never and Isaiah breaks down and 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 what a great performance on on his part um just when he walks into the room and he sees the statue and he puts a hand on uh, his grandson's shoulder, you know, almost like for stability, because he's, he's kind of taken aback. I mean, it, it was, it was a really great performance. And uh, uh, overall, just a really touching scene. Um, loved it.
1: I'm going to say that was, uh, that was my favorite scene of the entire episode right there. Uh, I, it was just emotionally powerful and just superbly acted. And, you uh, I'm going to make a. am doing it now, Rick. I don't, I'm not waiting. I'm making a prediction right now that we're going to no. see more. Of, I, no, we're doing it. We're going to see more of Isaiah Bradley. Now, I don't know if we're going to see him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I hope that we see more of him in uh, Marvel Comics. Um, in one way or the other, whether it's going back and, and doing a uh, short series of Adventures of Isaiah Bradley, I, I don't know, but I hope that we see more of him. And I think we deserve to see more of him.
2: All right, here we go. Um, So (laughs) the first part of that, yeah, I was all there for it. At Isaiah's house, absolutely. Loved the conversation, loved the exchange. Totally down with it. And you guys are absolutely right about the performances. Carl Lumley, I believe, is the actor's name. Outstanding performance throughout all of that. And same thing with Anthony Mackie outstanding performances, but I want to ask Bob a question, because Bob, you served. If you, as a soldier, as, as someone who served in the military, had been experimented upon by your government, and had all of your brothers in arms around you die, and you were the only one that survived, and then they kept you, against your will and poked and prodded you and experimented further on you and took out your blood and kept you from your wife to the point that she died before you ever got out and saw the light of day again. And you harbored all of that. And you harbored all of that resentment. You became bitter over it to the point that you were like, I'm not down for America. I'm just here because this is my family. I got my grandson to think about it. But I'm done with all that. I hate this message. And you were that person. And they gave you a statue. Is that going to make you all feel all right? You're going to be crying and weeping and happy about it? Hell no. <laughs>
1: I I I'm only really, really laughing because I'm, I'm afraid, you know, we are we are shortchanging our listeners because they can't see your facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm,
2: I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like grabbing the armrest of where I'm sitting and I'm like leaning back because hand to God, I really expected Isaiah Bradley to pick up that statue and chuck it at Sam Wilson. Yeah. I was like, here it he comes. He's done, pulled the pendant on the grenade. And then he goes, I'm like, and this is what I'm talking about, about tying a bow on it. Yeah. This was all just like, so preach, this rather preach. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, about tying a bow on it. Yeah. That this, this, we went beyond character development and what's been laid out just in this series. Mm-hmm. just with this character as it's been presented to us in these few episodes we we discard that because we got to tie a bow on it we got to make it we got to make it okay and don't tell me that that statue made it all okay for all for isaiah bradley and i want to be clear When I was watching these episodes and Isaiah was giving Sam what for about all this stuff, I was thinking, I was like, you know what, I don't really agree with Isaiah here. I can totally see why he would feel the way that he feels, given what he's got. But I think Sam should take the mantle. I think Sam should be Captain America. I think that is some progress. And I guess it could be argued that having a statue stuck in some labyrinthine corner of the Captain America wing of the Smithsonian Museum is going to somehow be a little bit of progress. But I don't think Isaiah Bradley is going to get moved to tears about it. It really, really, like anti-resonated with me. That was like some dissonance going on, man. (laughs) All All
0: right. Bob. So he asked you as, yeah. as a former no, military guy, how would you feel about, about seeing, seeing all that?
1: Yeah, no, you're ab- up uh, John, I can't, I can't dispute that at all. And I think you're absolutely right. This was a, this was an attempt to sort of wrap, wrap up a wrap up a, a sort of a subplot, you know, just as they tried to wrap up uh, John Walker and give him more of a redemption uh, yeah. than perhaps he deserved. And uh, but like the speech, which I think went on too long, it was important as you, both of you have mentioned it, and I agree that we got a. There's a messaging that's going on, and I think yeah, that was this epilogue was also important a messaging. It was important, you know, to lots and lots of people out there who uh, who watched that.
2: And I think like, it was too. I yeah. agree. Yeah. That. No, no, but I, I understand. I, I, could have yeah. stopped at Isaiah's house. That that message could have stopped there. If you were going to continue it to the wing and do the statue. Yeah. I think you missed a really powerful moment to convey another message that yeah.
1: it's
2: just and, and pl- that whole thing about they'll never forget how many statues do we have throughout our country yeah to people that have done great things MLK's probably got however many people are going to forget
0: even, they'll just walk past the statue and not even take a moment right? uh, okay John I love your passion I Thank love your you. I love your take on this. Thank you. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree a little bit and I'll tell you why. All right. Um nowhere did it say that all of a sudden everything is okay. Nowhere did it say that all of a sudden Isaiah is, you know what, let let's bygones be bygones. You know, it's one moment, it's one reaction. It's not, it's not, everything's all, everything's okay now. That's heavily no. inferred. Mm. That's heavily inferred, if not implied. Okay. Cause you know what I was thinking in the back of my mind while watching this is, okay, well, what are they going to do to make it up to him? Where are the reparations, right? 30 years of your life are gone. What are you going to do about that? So who's to say that doesn't happen. Who's to say that that story isn't there and maybe you know maybe maybe it's it's an untold story you know uh because you know maybe it's just a a sentence or two somewhere in in the mcu later on i i don't know but it's i i'm not i didn't take it as oh everything's okay you know i i took it as a step like we just got done talking about how there are steps that people have to take right and this is one step uh, the first step, the first meaningful step into showing, paying the respect that Isaiah Bradley deserves for the work and the service that he did. I mean, would it be better if we didn't? Would it be better if we didn't didn't uh, pay that respect? Would it be better if he didn't say to him that they'll never forget? Yeah. I mean, what's, what's why?
2: Yeah, I, yeah I'm going to chime in. Yeah. Yeah, I think given that specific scenario with that particular character, and I want to be clear, yes, this has all kinds of resonance about and and symbolism for racial issues in our civilization, in our culture. But I want to just stress more than anything, what I'm really actually coming at this from is just as a writer talking about character and the character that we have been presented with, with Isaiah Bradley in this series yeah, I think it would have been better given the character we had up to that point. Even with his beginning to change, the steps he took in and of himself in talking with Sam at the house, that statue just seems like that's, that's, a, that's, too, that's too much of a leap too far, farther than the whole John Walker thing, farther than anything else. I was like, if you want to talk about reparations being made or whatever, if you're going to try to make it up to this man, and again, his wife died, he didn't even get to see her again, didn't get to be there with her and carry on that relationship or even to bury her, What, what reparations,
0: how are you going to fix that? Well, you, John, don't. there's, you, and, and, and there's and no fixing it, but you... you, you exactly, you there is no fixing it. and if you want to try,
2: that's great, but the trying is to be made a little bit more personal and in efforts like that, and slowly, before you just say, oh, look, here's a nice gilded statue, mm-hmm. and do you really think all the things written on that glass are really going to detail what was done to that man? No, it's going to be a nice, pretty bow-tied story of here's this guy that served his country and was a super soldier and they're not going to share the you know the nasty parts right and and that's i i really believe the way that this character has been presented up to this point that's not a moving thing that's a slap in the face Hmm. okay
0: I respect that.
1: That's a, comp- that. You, that's a comp- I mean, you make a compelling argument, John. I got to tell you. And but maybe I you know I'm thinking maybe this uh, I don't know I don't think we're going to see Isaiah Bradley again in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I do think maybe we'll see Patriot and maybe yeah. maybe that last scene was more about Patriot's journey than it was about Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley's
0: Okay, yeah, for no, those who are listening who aren't familiar with Patriot, Patriot is um, a character, is basically in the comics, it's Isaiah Bradley's grandson. Um, and uh, Elijah, Elijah Bradley, yeah, I think, I think so. his name is. Yeah. Uh, he becomes uh, Patriot and takes up um, a uh, kind of a superhero type of character. And, and there'll be more down the line as far as younger ones that will show up. Um, then there's two other scenes left uh, there's Sam and Bucky back at uh, Sam's home, uh, you know, centered around the boat. Um, There's a party going on. There's some music playing. It's a montage scene kind of make you feel good. Um, You know, Sam's looking out at the, at the water. Uh, Bucky comes up, puts his arm, you know, around him. Um, So you can see that they're friends. um, And it's, and it ends like it always does with, um, with the title, but this time, instead of saying Falcon and the winter soldier, it says, captain america and the winter soldier Uh, nice nice ending yeah yeah of course i'm thinking in the back of my head okay everybody knows sam wilson's uh captain america his family and friends are all in danger
1: (laughs) and i'm thinking forrest gump and lieutenant dan (laughs) right you know the final scene staring off at the sunset you know, it just had that, had that had that feel for me. But yeah, you're right. You know, he's, that whole family. Sarah's in trouble. The kids are in trouble. And, uh, but, hey, yeah, I, I think it's interesting because the family is uh, a big part of Sam's life, just as it is for Hawkeye. Uh, but for almost every other, I mean, uh, up until, I think the final film, we didn't see much of uh, Stark's married life. But family life is important, at least to two Marvel characters. And uh, that's, a, that's a nice insight, a nice part of their world we don't normally get to see
0: that's true all right so then you know we get to the credits so then the mid credit scene which is um sharon carter she's up before uh the senate and um or the intelligence committee i think they called themselves um and so sharon is uh, pardoned um uh and of course i'm thinking at this time wow this seems rushed as well uh, as far as I guess we're, you know, not, not that anybody alive still knows that she's the power broker, um, but it felt rushed like, oh, okay, well, we're going to put the fact that she was power broker behind us and, um, you know, we're going to wrap this up with a nice little bow. But they didn't. They didn't because she's walking down the steps, she gets at her phone, and she talks about how, Hey, she's got a new role and uh, she's now going to be able to get all kinds of secrets and weapons and things like that. And uh, let's line the buyers up. And so Sharon is revealed to be evil. Not happy with this. I'm going to tell you right now, guys. I'm a Sharon fan. Yeah. I've always been an agent, agent 13 fan. I think she's the love of Steve's life in the comics. I like how she's portrayed in the comics. What they're doing here in the MCU, not digging it. I have a theory. I'm going to get to my theory when we get to predictions. But what did you guys think of of this?
2: Uh, it, it my immediate reaction was it made me sad. Uh, I may I was saddened by the fact that she was the power broker. Period. When that reveal happened, I'm like, oh. And so she's continuing that. My secondary reaction was like, okay, here's another. It's wildly disparate from the comics and whatever. But then I started thinking about her return under Wade that you guys talked about. That episode keeps coming back up to my mind when I'm looking at all this stuff and thinking about these things because Sharon was bitter. And, and I'm talking about in the comics, was highly bitter and ended up working with the Red Skull. Um, you know, towards her own end that was supposed to be a good end. And she didn't trust him, but she still worked with him. She did some seriously questionable things. So maybe it's not quite so far removed. And then I was also thinking about why it was saddening to me as far as what you were talking about, that she's the love of Steve's life in the comics, but she's not. In this MCU, she, she, they had one kiss best we can tell. Right. Um, and Steve had his moment to go back in time and to live this other life. And it wasn't her, regardless of whether people want to argue whether or not it was Peggy or not personally, I think it was, but doesn't matter. It wasn't Sharon. And so Sharon doesn't have that presence to bring her back from that bitterness in this MCU. So eventually i got around to accepting it um but still not in love with the idea i don't know that she's hardcore evil though you know this may be more of a mercenary kind of thing shades of gray
1: Rick, I'm going to uh, I'm going to defer to you on this because I think that uh, we are aligned on this uh, potential theory.
0: <laughs> all right, I, 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 yield, I, yield, I yield my time to the chairman. <laughs> all, right. all right, prediction time. Let's okay. get into predictions. All right, so um, first of all, there there has been some news that have come out uh, talking about there is going to be a Captain America four. Yeah. Um, now they haven't assigned a director. To to Captain America four the movie yet, um, but they did assign a writer and it is um, uh, Malcolm Spellman who was the head writer for the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series. So obviously, what's coming from this movie, I mean this TV series, will directly affect uh, Captain America four. Now, when does that come out? Who knows? It could be three years from now, right? So um, you know, we don't want to wait that long. Is there going to be a s- season two? Well, certainly there's enough things there that we could, you know, follow up with. I mean, there's there's enough characters. You know, we'd love to see more of John Walker and, and Bucky and, you know, and Power Broker and all that. So possibly. Um, but I will, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. So there was, um, so Marvel Studios president, uh, Kevin Feige, he uh, previously stated that some, not all, of the Disney Plus shows uh, were being primed for multiple seasons. So, could be there will be another one of this. We don't know. Now, Malcolm uh, I'm sorry, Malcolm Spellman, uh, who, who's the lead writer. Um, he told um, that uh, that this series would be setting up multiple MCU projects, and at least three he could think of at the time, but couldn't discuss. So, um, what are the upcoming Disney Plus series? right so loki's next um, i don't see too many stories coming from this that are going to affect loki but possibly something in the time time era who knows i, I don't see it um what if i'm not counting one if because i think that's just a i mean that's yeah, an animated one that's you know i don't i don't see how this is going to spin off but it could then we have miss marvel uh possibly i don't know um hawkeye interesting where do we think from here something could affect Hawkeye? I don't know. Possibly Val Contessa. Um, is she going to be the new Nick Fury where she's going around recruiting people? Um, possibly. Uh, maybe John Walker? I don't know. Uh, She-Hulk? Mm, possibly not. Moon Knight? Not sure. Now, Armor Wars. Armor Wars is going to be a new series on Disney+. And if, you, if you're not familiar with the comic book um, story from the Iron Man series, Armor Wars was when various pieces of Tony Stark's armors and inventory and inventions were being sold uh, to various companies and being used for bad purposes. And he went and uh, tracked them all down and he did some questionable things to, to stop this and, and get them back. Could Sharon, as the power broker, be part of Armor Wars? Could she be getting Tony's uh, stuff and selling it off? I, I think that's part of where one of these stories could, you know, complete out of here. Now, here's another series that's coming out. And, and Bob, we're going to get back to what you asked before about Nick Fury. Is he going to be seen again? He is going to be seen again in a story called Secret Invasion. Now, the last time we saw Nick Fury, he was at the end of uh, the last Spider-Man movie. He was shown to be in space with some Skrulls. And we all know scrolls are shapeshifters, right? We learned that in Captain Marvel movie um, and also in the last Spider-Man movie, not hopefully giving away too much here, but the scrolls exist. They do shapeshift, right? And so we're going to see in the secret invasion how different... I'm sure... if Now, in the comic book story, Secret Invasion, the Skrulls have been on Earth for years. Um, They've had various uh, high-ranking people that they have taken over and Mm -hmm. supplanted, and um, they have been trying to work their way up into positions of power. Um, I think by the time we get to Secret Invasion, a lot of different threads from all these different series and perhaps movies... We're gonna come back and and they'll be like it was a scrawl all along, and that, my friends, is how I'm living with the fact that Sharon Carter is the power broker because she's actually a scrawl.
1: Yes, and that's how she can get shot in the abdomen and just be like leaning against the car, like no no problem, it's just a flesh wound, it's just right. a flesh wound,
0: just a oh, scratch.
2: Man. That's that's a really good theory. You like that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, because you gotta have something that's resonant with the existing MCU. In the Secret Invasion comics, you had these reveals, and you're like, oh my god, these these people have been scrolls for so long and operating, and and right now in the MCU, we don't have, um, at least not anywhere near as important a level of like an Electra while we have an Electra in the MCU, nobody really knows much or cares about her. I don't think. Right. Um, And Spider-Woman's yet to be seen. So you got to have somebody that's like, wow, you know, the shock factor and yeah, Sharon would be a good shock factor. She might even be the
0: queen. Oh yeah. Anyway. That's my prediction. That's my number one prediction, guys. So uh, let's hear yours. I'm,
2: I'm going to defer to Bob first here. I'm, I'm yeah,
0: yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I think
1: uh, number one is I was disappointed that uh, it didn't. They didn't show Sam and Bucky getting in a car and <clears throat> one of them just moving the seat up, you know, without being asked. So I'm very, very upset about that. And and the number, my, I guess my prediction is, you know, you mentioned Ms. Marvel. Uh, we've seen uh, Elijah uh, Bradley. Uh, we know that uh, Kate Bishop is going to be in Hawkeye, so we do see the Young Avengers starting to form up, and uh, so maybe Val's gonna have something to do with that as well. So I look forward to seeing how uh, what her role is in uh, the formation of the Young Avengers mm-hmm. coming coming soon. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. That's what I was thinking too is about Young Avengers. Uh, Val's comment about something weird. Um, I actually went to the what if stuff first, but I think what all you guys are cluing into about secret invasion is much more uh, enthralling uh, than just the whole, Oh, there's a multiverse kind of thing. Cause I don't see them bringing us agent into that a whole lot, except maybe to do a what if story.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so yeah, I, I think you guys have gotten nailed.
0: All right. So I'll add another uh, prediction, which I think is a, it's a layup. I think it's an easy one. And that is um, Joaquin Torres becoming the new Falcon. Yeah. Right? So we saw in episode five, uh, Sam leaves his wings with him, says, you keep him. Um, so getting back to uh, the young Avengers, Bob, that you mentioned, I think we have Joaquin Torres introduces Falcon. I think we have Elijah Bradley uh, for Patriot. We have um, uh, Hawkeye Kate Bishop, right? We're going to have Ms. Marvel. Um have they introduced any other characters yet that might
2: yeah they've introduced wanda's kids
0: oh yeah 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 wiccan and speed yeah 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 so uh so those are all coming together all right uh, i have another prediction okay all right so uh we see zemo on the raft right now there's a few other characters that as far as I'm aware are also at the raft. And this is from the Netflix series. So go ahead and speed a minute guys if you don't want to hear if you didn't if you didn't watch Jessica Jones season 3 or you didn't watch Luke Cage I want you to go ahead and speed up in a minute because I'm going to talk about this. So at the end of Jessica Jones season 3 Trish Walker aka Hellcat is taken off, and I believe it was to the raft. Wow. Okay. And Luke Cage's half-brother, Willis Stryker, was also taken to the raft. Now, do I need to put 1 plus 1 plus 1 together? Because Zemo at the raft, Zemo was part of a group in the comic universe known as the Thunderbolts.
2: That's just like lightning, baby
0: right? yeah, And so Zemo, I think, is going to try to gather the people from the Wrath to create his own group to pretend to be superheroes like he did in Thunderbolts. Yeah. Right? And there's going to be more people sent to the raft in these all those series I just mentioned. Some of these supervillains are going to be sent there, and Zemo seems to be a very, very smart man. Oh, yeah. So the fact that he's there, does he want to be there? I don't know. Uh, Thoughts?
2: I think that's an amazing theory. I think we're probably also going to get a what if episode of what if Zemo went on to have a career as a dancer.
0: (laughs) I think him and Elaine Bennis. (laughs) Contessa doing a, a little thumb up. Yeah.
2: No, no, I mean I'm all for it, man. I love thunderbolts. I, yeah, absolutely. Bring that on.
1: I don't know, man. I I, I would love to see that, but uh, man, it's getting pretty dense out there. There's a lot of a uh, lot of trees in this forest, you know. Between the uh, young Avengers, the uh, the Eternals, uh, you know, we're we're just we're getting a lot of superhero teams out there, so.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and and we may be facing a burnout thing with the audience, who knows, but I will say this, and and I appreciate the segue, because I don't know if it's so much a prediction, it's just something that I'm at least holding out hope for. Yeah. Um, Up until this point with the MCU, I kind of always felt like DC had the leg up when it came to legacies. Um, they took it a little bit more seriously or just it resonated more with me at the very least between JSA leading to the JLA and just generational characters but the MCU has really unlocked uh, something here with the idea of doing a legacy they're already doing it now with Captain America and we're going to see Ironheart I hear at some point in the future and just all this stuff it I, that means a lot to me. I, I, like the ground, more grounding in the real world. People die and they don't come back. People grow old and they have to be replaced or whatever, or they pass the mantle on like what Steve did. So I'm all for that. So the young Avengers thing and all this stuff that they're doing, I think it's going to be some great stuff. I'm there for it. I just hope that the larger audience is still there thus keeping people interested in them keeping doing it
0: well if there's one thing we can say about the mcu is um and kevin Fage, um it's, it's been done masterfully yeah you know, how they've assembled everything how they've um you know weaved everything together so that uh, everything has uh, importance and everything builds off of each other um, and you mentioned iron heart, that's going to be a Disney plus series that I believe is supposed to come out right before armor wars. So that's probably going to make sense, you know, how they're going to tie in together. So I think I, I have faith that, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to do it well. And then on top of that, uh, you know, the recent rumors of the various actors from the Netflix series that, uh, may be coming back, uh, into the MCU, um, you know, bring it on, you know, uh, uh, you know, if, if we're going to get quality, like we just saw with the Falcon and winter soldier series, then I, I, I see uh, I see no problem.
2: Yeah. And if they pull the trigger on your thunderbolts idea in the MCU, I just want to say to Marvel comics, I got this great thunderbolts idea. I want to write it, bring me into the comics end of it.
0: There you go. Love <laughs> it. Let's, let's see it. Yeah. And then as your, as your, uh, you're the person who uh, helped make this all happen with my idea i get like a little little slice there maybe
2: absolutely absolutely you can be a marketing guy and
1: i'm a a retired marine and a stay-at-home dad now uh so if you're looking for custodial services marvel i'm your man
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right listen uh any any last thoughts on the series before we wrap this up
2: I, I really enjoyed the series. I, I had a good time with it, even though I know there were some things that I was picking at sometimes quite voluminously. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the heck out of
0: it.
1: Uh WandaVision, yeah. Falcon and a soldier, yeah. Bring on Loki. Bring yeah. on Loki, man, because they're 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 knocking them out of the park.
0: They are. Yeah. All right. So um, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, just a uh, next episode is going to be um, episode 29 which is going to come out this wednesday Uh, john you're going to love this episode because i know you're a baron zemo fan i am and bob and i are reviewing captain america 168 which is the introduction of helmet zemo uh, as the phoenix and there just may be uh, a few slices of the power records um, uh, with throughout the uh, throughout the episode, so that'll awesome.
2: be awesome. Awesome,
0: yes. Uh, so stay tuned. That comes out Wednesday, episode twenty nine. Uh, and for you folks out there that aren't into the comics um, and you want to learn more about Baron Zemo, you should check it out. All right. So as always, Bob, it's been fun wrapping cap with you and John. We appreciate you uh, joining us uh, as, as a guest i
2: appreciate being here so much guys i had a blast
1: yeah yeah good times good times
0: all right that's john waller sewell he's bob lucius and i'm rick verbonis and you've been listening to the captain america comic book fans podcast